drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Traditions often provide a rich and incontestable foundation for musical artists. But what do you do if that heritage is a combination of Filipino, Wiradjuri and European origins in a family packed the rafters with musicians? Moju uses a mixture of soul, blues and R&B to explore and make sense of a shared history, if you like. And the results, as you're about to learn, are pretty dazzling. Moju, welcome to you. Hi, thanks for having me. This this album of yours feels like an exploration of your Filipino heritage using sort of language and instruments and, and stories from that side of the family. Uh, tell me about that and, and, and what's its sort of meaning for you? I mean, I guess it's just they're just parts of who I am and so I carry those things with me into any scenario. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it's nice to, I guess as I'm more and more comfortable with who I am, I feel more and more comfortable to kind of share that outwardly, I suppose. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, the album isn't so much content-wise about heritage or identity so much, but it is informed by, you know, uh, aesthetically informed by those parts of who I am. So, yeah. You talked about the boldness or the confidence to reveal that part of you. What about your Wiradjuri heritage? Was that in mind when you were working on this? I mean, always. The, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I am the artist and all of these things, all these different intersecting parts of who I am um, are just parts of who I am. And so therefore they are intrinsically part of anything that I do. The title um, Oro Plata Mata uh, is a homage to your Tito, your Filipino uncle, who, who made a film in the 1980s of the same name. I think it's gold, money, death or, or murder. I think that's how it roughly translates. Uh, gold, silver and death. Silver and death. There you go. Your Tita or your auntie uh, actually appears throughout the album. What was your family's reaction when they heard this homage to your uncle's 80s film career? <laughs> Um, I, th you know, I think they were all excited to hear it and, you know, really happy to sort of, I guess, have that kind of work sort of revisited somehow. It's not, I mean, the album isn't so much about the film, but it is an homage to that or like, you know, it's a bit of a wink and a nod to that film and, and the legacy of his work and, um, for me, I kind of borrowed from some of the storytelling devices that he used uh, in the way that I told 
the story that I wanted to tell in this record. So there is that. Um, but it isn't like a direct kind of reinterpretation of that work. Um, and, you know, I think my Tita Maddie, who is the wife of my Tito Peke, uh, who made the film, she was really excited to be involved. And it felt like a real blessing to sort of have all to have her kind of approval to do that and and then even more so to have her come and be part of that that really felt like something special um you know and another kind of extra way of sort of honoring his his work that title oro plata mata is also a reference to a filipino architectural superstition based on the number three are you superstitious uh i can be yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily abide by this superstition in in particular. In fact, I feel like I've really kind of charged against it in in the creation of this record. I really like I I became aware of it through the process of like researching this album and I really liked it, but I also thought the number 3 was quite an interesting number. So the, um, you know, just to give context, the, the superstition is that you can't build things in multiples of 3 which is the exact opposite of what we've done this record. There's three parts, there's three chapters, there's three songs in each chapter, there's three introductions. So we really kind of set out a challenge to that superstition in a way. I think you've laid um, down the gauntlet. This is the exact opposite of this, uh, this exactly. superstition. Um, but it is. I think it is interesting in the context of, you know, the subject matter of the album, which is, I guess, a reflection on... You know, late stage capitalism, <laughs> eco anxiety, like where where we are at as a society in a lot of ways, and it's not didactic by any means. I'm not assuming to have any answers. I'm just kind of reflecting on what that looks like and what my place in the world is right now. Like, what part do I play in all of those things, and what is my responsibility to myself and future generations, but also to country because that is like you know I, I believe that you know, country is part of us and, you know, it. anything that, okay, I guess it, it flows through the bloodlines going back and going forward. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot there. I think the number three is also really interesting because it is it's such a power number, you know, it's in everything. It's like there's a beginning, middle, end, uh, birth, life, death, you know, even in the – context of like a really you know the philippines is a really religious country like the spanish kind of colonial catholicism is is still a really big part of the culture there and so you got like you know the father son holy ghost like there's it's the number three is is everywhere when you start looking Mm. you spoke about the importance of bloodlines and quite literally you include your brother in some of these songs i think uh, bound to from your native tongue album was with your brother what's writing with your brother like uh, it's really i mean it's really great I, it's something that i've always loved to do he's he sort of wasn't so much involved in this album he's sort of taken a bit of a step back from music at the moment to concentrate on family and and his other career as a scientist. <laughs> right. Um, but he, you know, he's always been a big part of my musical journey and my story. And he's, you know, he, he did come into the studio and, and play some drums and and did a, a few backing vocals and stuff throughout. So, he, you know, he's always part of it. He's always there connected to what I do. And, you know, um, family is a really big part of what I do, whether that's, you know, blood family or chosen family and I really 
feel like everyone involved in this record is part of my chosen family as well. Well, there's that number three again. You're right. Now I'm going to spend all day noticing the pattern of threes in everything. Moju is here uh, on RN Drive. We're discussing the new album, Oro Plata Mata. Uh, and I wanted to ask you more about your Filipino background because I, I, do you, do you, you don't think you speak any Tagalog, uh, Ilongo, do you? Uh, it's not I mean, something that... Not- not well enough to do on radio. <laughs> I and I don't think anything that would be polite enough to do on radio. <laughs> well, you know the important <laughs> words, it sounds like it. Yeah. It's, it's got an international feel for that reason. And <laughs> you, you spent time in the Philippines with your father's family and, uh, and, and your child. Is it important for you, for them, to, to learn that language perhaps? Yeah, definitely. You know, like I'm always learning and, I'm, and I, you know, I do try and incorporate it. It's just a really... Um, I mean, it's much harder to do, I guess, the older you are and um, and incorporate it into your daily life. So I definitely, like, try here and there and I, and I do kind of expose him to that as much as possible, my, my child to that as much as possible. And, yeah, it's definitely something that I have every intention of kind of giving him every opportunity to learn uh, as much as he wants to and, and, you know, as much as possible because it is something that... I really regret not having had as a child or like, you know, I, I look back and I'm I'm disappointed that I didn't really have the opportunity to uh, speak those languages, yeah. Well, certainly not the right words, just the wrong ones. <laughs> uh, yes. Of course, re- releasing a, a song and an album really is a very vulnerable thing. You know, other artists I've interviewed talk about that vulnerability and expectation and perhaps maybe the anticipation of the scrutiny that you might receive. How, how do you turn your writing and your personal work into such a public affair? Uh, you just close your eyes and you brace yourself. <laughs> I don't know. It's to me, I, I mean, I do try really hard to practice like radical vulnerability. Uh, I think vulnerability actually holds a lot of power. It is really difficult. I won't lie. It's, it is really challenging and quite frightening to then put that into the public domain and you lose control of that narrative a little bit. But you kind of, once it's out in the world, you just sort of let go of the songs, I think. And a huge part of what makes music really beautiful and really important, I think, as a as, you know, as an artistic contribution to the world, is the fact that it is really accessible, and that other people can project their own meaning onto those songs, and create meaning with those songs. And you know, I think about all the songs that mean something to me. I have no idea what that person was thinking when they wrote it, and they may have felt really vulnerable to do that. I don't know, but to me, it means something entirely different. I, so you kind of, you know, you have to let kind of accept that, that other people are going to project their meaning onto it. Sometimes that'll be good. Sometimes that'll feel bad. You you know, it's it's not about you anymore. It's about something bigger than that. Moju, it's been great to have you in the studio. Thanks so much for being my guest. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.